Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 122-104 win over the Detroit Pistons. After a tough game up in Cleveland, the Hawks come back to the farm and get a big win. Trey Young has a monster game, and John Collins gets back on track. Cam Reddish continues his strong play, and the Hawks move on to move to 2-1 on the season. Without further ado, let's get into it. This is more of what I expected from this Hawks team going into the season. They were playing a team in the Detroit Pistons that didn't have two of their top players, and Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick in the lightest draft, and Jeremy Grant. And despite getting off to sort of a slow start um, and getting a 10-point lead in that first quarter, the Hawks would use a huge third quarter in which they outscored the Pistons 33-25 to to build a huge lead and then really build on that lead in the fourth quarter and come out with a 122-104 to win. Uh, it was a really nice game from Trey Young, who finished with 32 points, 9 assists. He also had 4 rebounds, um, a steal, another steal. Trey's been pretty good at, at playing defense and getting that figured out. A big move for Trey was it was very evident early on in that first quarter that the Detroit Pistons did not want to get the lob game working, and that was really reflected in Clint Capella's uh, stat line, Clint was just two of three from the field for four points, um, and a couple of the passes that Trey had to Capella were disrupted, and so Nate McMillan told Trey, hey, look, they're guarding that lob, go for the floater, and Trey proceeded to just destroy the Pistons with his float game. Uh, the Pistons were sticking so much to Clint Capella that Trey was sort of able to get into the paint at will and use that floater to a devastating effect. He also was two of five on his three-pointers and got to the free throw line a couple times. This was the first game, too, where um, there wasn't a major point in the game where it looked like Trey was sort of looking for free throws. He was able to get it to the free throw line two different opportunities, made all of his free throws, but he didn't get caught up in the air and force a bailout pass or anything like that. I thought Trey was very under control for this game. I thought his rebounding early in the first half was really impressive. He got a couple balls that were Bouncing around, there were a couple of long rebounds in this one, and Trey was able to get those. Um, at the end of the first quarter, there was a fun moment where Cam Reddish, who had not gotten off quite to the start that we're used to seeing, he was getting his shots up, no doubt, but uh, he was playing with Lou Williams. Lou got him the ball right at the end of the quarter, and tr uh, Cam knocked down a banked-in three-pointer to push the lead up to 28-18, to and the Hawks took that 10-point lead into the second quarter. The second quarter would be high scoring for both sides. The Pistons would ultimately end up winning the quarter 36 to 34 and cut into that 10 point lead. Um, it being 54 to 62 at half, an eight point lead. And that uh, second quarter was just a lot of scoring on both sides. It wasn't um, a lot of great passes. It was interesting because the Hawks had six turnovers in the first quarter and would only have seven turnovers the rest of the way. Um, and the, Pistons themselves didn't have many turnovers the whole game, just 14. But that second quarter, both teams got scoring, in particular for the Pistons. Kelly Olynyk and Josh Jackson did a lot of the heavy lifting on the offensive side of the ball. Kelly Olynyk would finish the first half with 17 points. He was starting in place of Jeremy Grant, who really carries a lot of the offensive load for the Pistons. And Kelly Olynyk did his best impression of that. He was hitting three-pointers. He got a couple dunks. It got a little frenetic sometimes, as it does in these Hawks games, where there'll be passes on both sides where 
Um, Trey Young and Lou Williams had passes that were intercepted, kind of full court passes. Cam Reddish, in one of just the few mistakes he made this game, he tried he got a rebound and then tried this full court kind of across the full and across the entire court pass. And Hamadou Diallo was just waiting for that pass, took it and and kept it, uh, threw down a massive dunk. Um, and that sort of let the, De- the Detroit Pistons hang around in this game. The Hawks got an early lead. And as uh, Bob Rathman said, the Hawks had gotten a lead in that Cleveland Cavaliers game. That wasn't the problem. It was holding on to the lead. And it felt like, um, you know, a little bit disappointing at the end of the first half to just be up eight, 62 to 54. It was a little bit like, you know, the Hawks are shooting the ball well. They're not really turning it over. How are they just up eight? And you got to give the Pistons a lot of credit. They were hitting some shots. They were able to find their way on offense through Olenek and Josh Jackson and were able to hang around in the game. And in the third quarter, it looked like the, even the Pistons were going to be able to chip away a little bit more. They got the game to about seven points. And then the Hawks were able to go on a run of their own where they hit three three-pointers, including a Gorgie Ding three-pointer and a Cam Reddish three-pointer. I thought Cam did a really nice job. Again, it's clear he's found his role um, right now coming off the bench. He's going to get shots up, and he's really focused on um, just hitting shots up and really being aggressive on the offensive end of the court. Uh, He did a nice job on defense. I think I did talk about his one sort of misstep that pass, but he did a nice job. He finished that first quarter with the three-pointer. He then started the second quarter with a steal and score. So Cam is doing it on both sides, but he is finding the corner on offense, and he's able to hit that corner three-pointer with a lot of regularity now. He he was three of five, um, I mean three of seven from three-point land. He'd finished the game with 17 points, so he just continues his strong start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he also got to the free throw line four times. One really encouraging stat for the Hawks is after a really poor performance and one they weren't able to get to the free throw line. They changed that around, and against this Pistons team, the Hawks were able to get to the free throw line 21 times and made 18 of those free throws. Um, it is imperative for the Hawks to get to the free throw line, and I think it's really encouraging that it's not just Trey getting to the free throw line. Trey was 4 of 4 from the free throw line. John Collins got there. He was 3 of 5. It's been a little bit troubling to see him struggle at the free throw line. He's now had back to back games where he's had a trip to the free throw line that he's missed both free throws. Um, but JC would come back. He had a great game. We'll talk about his game in a little bit, but John Collins got to the free throw line. Kevin Herter, really encouraging to see him driving. He got to the free throw line. Bogdan Bogdanovich got to the free throw line. Um, again, talking about it, Cam was able to, Lou Williams got there, Gorgie Ding. It was just really good to see that kind of the entirety of the Hawks roster, everyone who got onto the court there was a lot of people being aggressive on the offensive side of the ball and able to get to the free throw line i think one adjustment you might see from trey young is since he's not getting to the free throw line as much on those stops and starts that once teams get into the penalty once the hawks are able to get teams into the penalty in quarters trey might be more aggressive handling the ball and getting the free throw line that way but cam reddish got that little run going in the third quarter with a three-pointer it was off of a really nice pass from clint capella um, and then the Hawks were kind of off to the races. They hit those three three-pointers, built a 13-point lead, and were really able to just cruise from that point on. Again, the Hawks outscored the Pistons 33-25 to in that third quarter, and they would go on, and really the fourth quarter was not uh, much of a contest. The Hawks were even able to get um, their 
deep reserves into the game once again. Jalen Johnson, Sharif Cooper, who's still looking for his first points as a Hawk, were able to get to the end of the game, and it was wonderful to see that the Hawks um, kind of cruised to victory after that really tough game up in Cleveland. Uh, now, part of this game that's going to be talked about is John Collins had two monster dunks, and he had one off of an assist from Cam Reddish. I think the next step for Cam is as aggressive as he has been on the offensive side of the ball is for him to start uh, developing his passing a little bit. And he got into an advantage situation with him going to the basket and John Collins following as well. And he's able to throw the ball up. And John threw down a massive dunk on Detroit Pistons rookie uh, Luca Garza. And then in the fourth quarter, the Hawks got out on a break started by a John Collins steal. Trey Young passed it up ahead to Kevin Herter, who then found uh, John Collins for another massive dunk over Kelly Olenek. Another one. He's, I mean, John Collins. He's already put his dunk over Embiid up online. You can get that out uh, as a t-shirt. He's going to have to start a whole line of shirts just of all of his great dunks because his teammates are starting to find him. And it almost looks like at a contest of who can toss the ball up the highest and, and have JC go up and get it. Um, John Collins had a great game. He had 22 points of nine, on 9 of 14 shooting, just 1 of 3 on his 3-pointers, 3 of 5 on free throws. He had 7 rebounds, 1 of those offensive, 2 assists, Two turnovers, two steals. Um, he did have four turnovers, one of those being an offensive foul. And John Collins once again kind of got in foul trouble uh, in the first half. He'd pick up three fouls and have to go to the bench. And then he kind of picked up his fourth foul early into the second half. And that really limits how much uh, Coach McMillan can play John Collins. And he would ultimately only play 24 minutes in this game. But for JC to get 22 points on in those 24 minutes is awesome. Um, and it was good to see him have a bounce back game after just scoring six points in that game up in Cleveland. Kevin Herter started for DeAndre Hunter, who was out of this game with uh, an illness, non-COVID illness is what it said. Uh, the Hawks were also without Danilo Gallinari and Aneka Kangu, and Kevin Herter started in DeAndre Hunter's place. McMillan wanted to keep Cam coming off the bench where he is done so well. I thought Herter and Bogdanovich both had kind of a little bit of bounce back games. Herter was five of eight from the field, two of three on three pointers, including one deep three pointer. It was cool to see uh, Trey pass the ball ahead to Kevin Herter and Kevin was a couple steps behind the three point line. The Detroit Piston defender didn't step out to guard Red Velvet. And I thought Kevin having the confidence to just pull up there and drain the three was really encouraging. Like I said, Herter got to the free throw line, was able to drain that. He had one rebound, four assists, one of those being the huge lob to JC. He had a steal and just one turnover. I think the Hawks are doing a uh, concerted, having making a concerted effort to try to get Bogdan Bogdanovich into these games. He's getting the shots up. He was five of nine, two of six on his three-pointers, which he'll keep shooting better on those three-pointers. He... Would finish with 14 points, just like Kevin Herter. He had one assist and three rebounds. One of his th made three-pointers was a beautiful play where the Hawks were on the fast break, and Trey Young threw just a stunning behind-the-back pass to uh, Bogdan on the wing, and Bogdan was able to drain the three-pointer, and that sort of kept the Pistons at an arm's length. Again, the Pistons were all... Got down early, got down by double digits. The Hawks had built a lead uh, as big as 14 points. 
Um, but to the Pistons' credit, they never let this game kind of really blow up until the fourth quarter. The Hawks weren't up by 20 at any point in the first half um, or really the third quarter. And then uh, after the Hawks' run at the end of the third quarter, they were able to put this game away. But the Pistons were hanging around, and as Neek said during the game, it sort of left the door open to possibly uh, the Pistons coming out and getting a win without two of their best players. But the Hawks did a nice job, especially the second unit in that third quarter of extending a lead, letting the starters kind of get a nice break going into the fourth quarter. And then the starters were able to come in, really put the nail in the coffin and get a win. Off the bench, we talked about Cam Reddish, who had 17 points again. Lou Williams got to play since there was no DeAndre Hunter. McMillan said that they were going to find uh, minutes for Lou Williams, even if Hunter had played this game. And I thought it was really good to see Lou come off the bench and he provides some offense, some self-creation, um, and allows the Hawks to have another player on the bench that can break down the defense. I thought once the Hawks started really moving the ball, they would finish the game with 24 assists. Um, they didn't match the high of that first game this season, but I thought the Hawks really got the ball moving in the second half. And part of that was Lou Williams, who's able to get in the paint and he wasn't, he did get some shots up, but I thought Lou was very good. He was just three of six from the field, one of two on his three pointers. Um, for nine points and it was good to see Lou Williams really get out there and do a nice job um kind of running the offense and I thought he looked really well he he played with both Trey Young and DeLon Wright and both of those backcourts were pretty interesting I think DeLon Wright and Lou Williams together is a nice combination of size and scoring and so I wonder if Nate McMillan will go a little bit more to that of course when we get Danilo Gallinari back, when we get DeAndre Hunter back, it might change up the rotations a little bit. But it's good to know that the Hawks have a scorer off the bench in Lou Williams and a player who really moved the the ball around and did a nice job of coming in and, uh, you know, hadn't played at all this season before and really helped uh, move the ball and get the Hawks offense working really well. Gorgie Ding continues to get better. I think he's starting to build some chemistry with the Hawks. He hit another three-pointer. His shot takes forever to get off, but he's so tall that he's able to to shoot shots, and he has a nice little mid-range game and is able to hit that three-point shot. And then he really uh, destroyed on the boards in this game against the Pistons. He finished with 12 rebounds, four of those offensive. And I thought the offensive boards were a place where the Hawks did a nice job. They would finish the game with 49 rebounds, 10 of those offensive. And you compare that to just 36 rebounds from the Detroit Pistons and the Hawks really controlled the boards. There was one possession in particular where the Hawks were able to get four opportunities um, to make a shot and the and the the possession ended with uh, Lou Williams hitting a basket right before the end of the period. But um, Gorgie Ding continues to play well. He'd finish with six points, those 12 rebounds and two assists. His assist, he had a beautiful assist where he threw a ball to the corner to Cam Reddish, who was wide open, and Cam went in for a just huge dunk. Um, Kind of talked a lot about John Collins' dunks. Cam went in for a huge dunk in the first half, and it just wouldn't stay in. And then to see Gorgie Ding be able to find Cam in the corner and Cam to just go to the basket and throw it down, there's so much confidence in Cam Reddish right now, and hopefully that continues to play as the Hawks go forward. Um, Finally, DeLon Wright got in. He was just one of three from the field. Um, I, again, I like what he does on the for the Hawks defensively. The Hawks are really able to throw a lot of length in their second unit with DeLon Wright, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter when he's on that second unit, Gorgie Ding, they're just Solomon Hill. There's a lot of length 
on that second unit. And I think DeLon Wright is a nice connector piece. He's still figuring out his offensive game. He was a good three-point shooter last year. He's not hit a three-pointer for the Hawks yet, um, but he was able to get to the basket. He he was just one of three from the field for two points. He had four rebounds and a steal. And again, I really like his length next to Lou Williams. And um, Solomon Hill got in again. He had a couple air balls. There were a lot of air balls in this game, which was really weird in the first half in particular. Uh, both Sadiq Bay, Solomon Hill. Um, There's a lot of air balls and a lot of bad shots. John Collins, who's usually kind of the king of the mid-range, had a weird long shot that's not normal for JC. Um, but Solomon Hill came in and he was sort of, I've not been impressed with Jay, uh, with Solo so far this season. And I wonder um, if maybe Nate McMillan sort of limits his minutes when Hunter comes back and maybe plays a little bit more of Lou. But the Hawks went in and they, they had a wonderful offensive game, getting 122 points and then really locking down and controlling the boards, out rebounding the Pistons 49 to 36 was huge. Um, and also not committing a ton of turnovers. The Hawks, you know, went from turning the ball over a ton, it felt like last season, to kind of limiting it. They just had 13, and they backed that up with 11 steals. So they're getting their hands on balls. Cam Reddish is part of the steals. Trey Young, John Collins had a couple steals. They're just able to get their hands on balls, and that length really bothers other teams. For the Pistons, they got a great performance from Kelly Olenek. He'd finished the game with 21 points, 17 coming in the first half. Again, he really helped carry the Pistons in that first half. He was 8 of 15 from the field, 2 of 5 on his three-pointers. Um, he had six rebounds and four assists. Josh Jackson, the former number four overall pick who's kind of worked his way around the NBA, um, he had tw- uh, 18 points. No, he had 21 points as well. Oddly enough, he had uh, six rebounds and four assists, and he was able to kind of help Olenek in that first half. And then Sadiq Bey, their second-year player from Villanova, he'd finished the game with 21 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Um, he was not bashful shooting the ball. It was clear that the Pistons wanted to get him going without Cade Cunningham and Jeremy Garrett. Um, but ultimately, the Pistons just didn't have enough to compete with the Hawks. And a lot of their shots, they were missing shots and not able to get second chance points. They did outscore the Hawks on second chance points, 14 to 13, but the Hawks bench completely destroyed the um, Pistons bench. The Hawks bench outscored the Pistons bench 36 points to 19. Again, just shows the depth that this Hawks team has, and hopefully um, that depth will really continue to help the Hawks going forward. The Hawks now go on one of their uh, first road trips of the regular season. They're going to play the Pelicans, the Wizards and the 76ers and the Hawks will hopefully be able to come out of this road trip with a lot of confidence after finishing their first three games, two and one, but big win for the Hawks, 122 to 104. Nice to see them get a kind of cruising victory. And uh, we will be here to talk to you about that New Orleans Pelicans game after that one. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that's a huge help. Go Hawks.